everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the weekend warm-up BFW show where we hit on all of the latest and greatest news of the week. Every week, there is something crazy that happens at Bayern Munich. This week, I feel like we had quite a few things that uh, really came out that were surprising and really created a lot of engagement and discussion on our site. And we will touch on a lot of those uh, again, it's Chuck Smith. I'm flying solo this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the roundtable that we did last week with Jake Fenner from the Daily Mail and our own I Need No Name. I had a lot of fun doing that. It was good to discuss the current state of Bayern Munich with those boys. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys got uh, some enjoyment and entertainment out of that, just like I did. But for this week, we'll get back to our normal format. We are going to hit on those Big stories from the week, and I want to get right to it because I I, I want to start with a story that came out. <clears throat> of course, it came out as part of what we refer to as the Sport Build News Dump, where Sadio Mane is apparently feeling isolated at Bayern Munich, and some of his teammates are astounded by his lack of technical skill, which is all leading to him being a candidate for sale this summer. So let's talk about a couple of the big issues from that story uh, right away. When you talk about a player feeling isolated, there are reasons for that. Now, Mane, of course, in his first year from Liverpool, probably doesn't speak great German, even though he's had a little bit of background in it. Uh, making that assumption, I'm sure he's got some conversational skill with it, but I put myself in his place and I would feel like, wow, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that uh, I can't really communicate all that well with everyone around me. And maybe he can, but either way, when you're in a new place and there are some communication issues, can't be a great feeling. So feeling isolated, I think, is is not necessarily out of the ordinary for a player making a transfer to a new country. Where I think the part of the isolation really starts to hit home for some players is is this the result of the after effect of what happened between Sadio Mane and Leroy Sané so if we want to rewind back a little bit we know that Mane has not had a great initial season at Bayern Munich he's had a huge problem with going offside he has not really settled into a role whether that be at striker or left wing uh, both present problems for Bayern Munich moving forward because he's doesn't seem to be a fit and they have other talent that they could be using at left wing, and striker appears to be a position they're going to invest in this summer. Uh, so he's had that issue. He's had the run-in with Julian Nagelsmann after the PSG match, which when you're having a verbal, heated verbal altercation with a coach, probably never a good thing, but it happens. So I think a lot of fans brushed by that. But then when Sané and Mane had their verbal spat on the pitch, and it spilled over into the locker room, which resulted in Mane slapping Sané. I do think that that might have been a turning point for, for Mane at the club. Uh, for anyone that's not been in a professional locker room, I can tell you this. Not everybody is friends there. Uh, they might be teammates. They might get along on the pitch, or they might not. But not everybody is best friends with everyone else. I think that's a big time misconception about how those environments work. So when you look at this situation and you see that Leroy Sané is an immensely popular figure in that locker room, he is right there with Yashua Kimmich and Serge Gnabry and Leon Goretzka as some of the, one of the more popular players there. And while Sané is a little more aloof than, say, that core group of Kimmich and Goretzka and Canabri, who really are the circle for the younger slash mid-career level players on the team. It, it, it's not shocking that when Sané is someone who is on the periphery of that group and who does have the support of that group, when something like that happened to him, it's not shocking that the tide would start to turn on Sadio Mane. And it's not just that group of players. Uh, you know, you have other groups within the team. You have some of the veterans like Thomas Muller, Manuel Neuer. You have the French contingent, ben Benjamin Pavar, Luca Hernandez, and some of the others, Kingsley Coman. Those are all players that, whether they are best friends or not, have had 
the bonding of being a team that has won something. They've had the bonding of being together for the last few years, most of them. So when something like that happened, it's not a shock to me that people maybe turn their back to Sadio Mane. Uh, it, it's a big no-no to do what he did. Now, listen, fights do happen in locker rooms for sure. That has happened since there have been sports for us to talk about. But how this went down, the timing of when it went down, and all of the other tumultuous things that have happened over the course of the last few months, from the sacking of Julian Nagelsmann to Thomas Tuchel's very tenuous start with the club and all of the change that is going on, Mane didn't buy himself any goodwill with when he did it, how he did it, and just the timing of it all. And when you look at the whole situation, I'm not shocked that that there are people on the team that might not be as willing to hang out with him or talk to him or interact with him. It's not shocking. So if he's feeling isolated, it's a combination of things. It's the first year transfer. It's the not doing so well on the pitch. And it's probably it probably has to do with the fact that some people in that locker room could be perceiving him as a problem child. Had the run in with the coach, slapped a teammate. At some point, that stuff does get held against you. As far as being a candidate to be sold this summer, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's worked. I don't think it's worth keeping him around at the salary that he has. He's the highest paid player on the team. He has not performed like it. I think if you want to get forward now and you want to make some changes that will impact the club, you're going to need that salary. You're going to need that money. And if you can get something for Sané, if you can find a club that's willing to take him and give you something, whether it's 25 million euro, whether it's 30 million, I don't think you're going to get anything more than that. Heck, right now, I'm not even sure you'll get that. But either way, if Byron can find a club to make a deal with, they should do it. Hopefully, Mane is receptive to a move. I think if you ask him privately, he would probably say he's more than willing to look at his options to move on. It just hasn't worked out, and not every transfer is going to work. We've seen many over the years that haven't worked out. We've seen some that have initially worked and then kind of sputtered out, like Quarantan Taliso, who was looked like such a great prospect, battled injuries, couldn't get his form back, never really lived up to the potential that he had, just had to go at some point. You know, or you can look at a case like Sebastian Rudy, who – came in at a terrible time when the, the club was stocked with midfielders, never got a chance to play, never really established himself. And then you had him ultimately leave the club because he just wasn't a fit at that time. It happens. So if Mane leaves, I won't be shocked. I think it's actually the right move moving going forward because you have Kingsley Coman, who's been excellent this season. You have Leroy Sané, who's been very good and to be honest, if you're looking at playing Sané as a left wing, I, I would take him over Mane right now. And I think having the two of them competing for the same spot probably did contribute to some of the, the heatedness or, or you know, tension that was there between the two players. Uh, so I think that's a factor. You also have Serge Gnabry who, you know, listen, Serge has been up and down. He, he is a player who has drawn the ire of fans. But in the end, if he is your second or third winger, I, I think you're in a pretty good spot. So I'm willing to roll with those three wings for sure. I don't even think Bayern Munich needs to add another because I love Jamal Musiala out on the wing and would love to see more of him out there. So I don't even think it's a necessity that if Mane leaves, you have to to replace him. So that's where I'm at on that. Not surprised by the fact he's feeling isolated, if that's true. Not surprised that he's a candidate for sale. Speaking of candidates for sale, we did have another story this week from Build, which was, in my mind, pretty fantastic because it is a leaked roster list with the plans for next season. And when we look at the list, it's kind of funny because you can take that mental image of uh, Christian Falk and Toby Elchaffel <laughs> dressed in all black, creeping around through the Sabinerstrasse offices you know, like they were in Watergate or something, you know, flashlights in their mouth, like looking through files, finding this roster sheet and bringing it back to build. At least that's how I'm envisioning how this all went down. I, I'm going to skip over the part where it's probably the mole who leaked this, the infamous mole that we always hear so much about. 
But either way, uh, we'll take a quick rundown of this list, and I want to give you some quick thoughts on each player as uh, as I see it compared to where the club has him. Daily Blind was listed as no extension, which fully agree with, hasn't gotten any time, hasn't really been great when he's been on. I think it was a necessary purchase when uh, he was acquired because they needed depth, and he provided that. They just haven't needed to use him. So, you know, he's a break in case, break glass in case of emergency type of player at Bayern Munich, uh, but he'll move on most likely. And I think that's the right move. Jao Cancelo was listed as 70 million purchase option too expensive. I agree with that. I wouldn't bring back Cancelo. I think you're more than well stocked on the outside flanks of the defense right now with Alfonso Davies, Nusar Mizrahi, and well, for right now, Benjamin Pavar. You also have Josip Stanisic that can play there. I guess who's two we should also include Bunasar, but uh, Sara, as we'll get to in a second, will probably be a player that leaves if Byron can find a buyer. But either way, I think you're in pretty good shape there. I don't think you need to spend $70 million for Jao Cancelo. Manuel Neuer uh, stays with 100% fitness. Makes sense. I don't think there's any way that Neuer is leaving. I am a little skeptical he gets back to 100%, but I don't know, is... is is Neuer at 93% better than most goalkeepers? Probably. So uh, not shocked by that. Sven Ulreich remains when Jan Sommer leaves. Again, makes sense. Ulreich is Neuer's caddy right now. Neuer's comfortable with him. He likes him. And Ulreich is a good locker room guy. He was also ready to throw hands a couple of weeks ago, which always, you know, with the other team, not with his teammates which always buys you some good graces with teammates. So popular guy, not shocked by that. Eric Maxim Chupo Moting uh, remains was how he was listed. Yeah, that's not shocking. Byron just gave him a big contract. Absolutely nobody would take him for that money at this point. So, uh, you know, if he's back in a backup role, I think that's a good thing. If he's back as a starter, I think it's a terrible thing. And I think if that happens, fans will be irate to start the season and, it will be a good indication that Byron's not a serious contender for any major championships outside of the Bundesliga next season. Thomas Muller, bedrock, no discussion so far. This is an interesting one because Muller is a player that doesn't have a role right now. Uh, Thomas Tugel has been leaning on Jamal Musiala, who has been in a horrific slump as the 10, and Muller has not really been able to get back into the starting lineup. We'll see if that happens this weekend. Uh, but either way, Muller without a role on the squad and with no assurance of playing time. I don't know if this is the way he wants to close his career. Maybe it is. Maybe he's content to be a one club player, ride this out, keep collecting those paychecks and make contributions when he's called upon. But Mueller never really struck me as the kind of person that was going to be happy sitting, especially if he feels like he has something to offer, which I think he does. I think he's got at least a year or two left where he can be an impact player I think he still would fit as a starter on this team. I just think it's not probably not going to happen because Jamal Musiala has been promised this 10 role, even though it has not been a, a perfect fit for him, especially uh, in the wake of what happened at the World Cup and how he's performed since then. Uh, I, I think the right move would be to find a way to integrate them both into the lineup, which is something that Julian Nagelsmann was able to do before his tenure ended. But that's all water under the bridge at this point. Uh, I don't think the club even knows what it wants to do with Mueller at, at this stage, other than keep him around because he's one, a club legend and two vital to the leadership contingent on the team. So we'll see what happens with Mueller. I, I'm really not even ruling out the fact that he might want to pursue other options in the summer transfer window. Bunasar listed as can go. Yeah, no doubt, except no one wants to take him with the salary he makes, which I believe is 2.5 million, which in the, in the grand scheme of things in professional sports, that's a low salary, but no one even wants him at that. So what does that tell you? Uh, listen, he doesn't create any issues. He's never, probably never going to play regularly again. So, I mean, I guess you can keep letting him ride it out, but it seems like if I was a player, I probably want to find a way to get back on the field. He doesn't seem to have that type of urgency He's more than happy to collect his paycheck, which is his given right. Byron decided to pay him that money. He should collect it. Hey, it's on them for making that decision. Luca Hernandez, renewal before the conclusion of his contract. That makes sense. 
Uh, it seems like both parties want to get this done. Now, for months, I speculated that Hernandez would be open to offers from, say, clubs like Real Madrid, FC Barcelona. I know the Real thing is a little bit weird considering he played for Atletico, but uh, listen, you know the types of clubs that are going to throw money at a very good defender like him. Wasn't sure if maybe the Premier League would have interest in him or if PSG would make a strong play for him, which apparently they might. But either way, it seems like Hernandez wants this deal to get done. He's also coming off of an ACL. He's His career has been derailed a little bit by these injuries. He's always found a way to come back. Can he come back from this and be as explosive as he needs to be to play his style? We'll find that out, but it wouldn't shock me if he takes a little bit of a reduced deal. Maybe, I'm not saying that much in pay. I think he'll stay relatively the same in pay rather than get a big increase. But I think the years on the deal might not be as much as he would like. Benjamin Pavar, he was listed as Chelsea, FC Barcelona, or stay. I guess you could throw Inter Milan into that mix. I would personally keep Benjamin Pavar. I think he has been the, the club's second best center back this season. Really too early to give Luca Hernandez a grade, so I don't even count him. But in my mind, Pavar has been better than Upamakano, who has great talent, overall has had a good year. I don't want to say anything bad about him because it was a good year, but struggled lately, had some big time problems on the biggest stage. Uh, that means something. It's two years in a row that he's really struggled against certain kinds of strikers. He struggled in big moments. Uh, it's not to say he's a bad player or can't be a starter, but I mean, if you made me rank the four center backs at this point, I would say Delict, Hernandez, Pavar, and Upa Makano would be my current stack ranking, regardless of injury or status. That's how I would put them. Now I'd also run a back three and utilize all four of them next season in a rotation, which I think would be fantastic. I know most of you now will want to ch chase me out of town with torches and pitchforks, but I think a back three is best for this team. I guess we can see how it plays out in the summer with any moves that are made, but I would make a strong consideration to bring back Pavar because one, he's been that good Two, If you decide to go back three, he's absolutely vital. And, and three, his versatility does mean a lot. The fact that he can float between, center back and right back and could probably even play the six in a pinch if you needed him to. I think that means something. And that's, it's a weapon that coaches like to have. Jan summer, his status was regarded as goes when Neuer returns. I fully believe this. I know there's a contingent out there that thinks summer is going to stay and that, that Bayern Munich will keep him as Manuel Neuer's backup. And that's the way things will play out. I think you're crazy. And I don't, I don't, that's not an insult. But if you know Manuel Neuer, he does not want that type of player around. Just think about the season he had with Alexander Nubel with him, where they didn't interact as much. There were issues between Tony Tapalovich, Neuer's personal goalkeeping coach, really, and Nubel, and the fact that they didn't communicate that much. Neuer, for all of the great things about him, terrific player, one of the best goalkeepers ever, good leader for both club and country. He does not like that specter of high level competition being there. And I don't necessarily think that that's an awful thing. And a lot of people will react as if, oh, well, you're saying he doesn't want to compete. It's not that. But listen, you're an established player. You're making millions. You're toward the end of your career. The last thing you want is to be looking over your shoulder at someone who could replace you. You see it in every sport. So it's a natural reaction to me. I'm not really offended or or anything like that when i look at this situation i think neuer you know i think that's his mentality with it like why i have done everything i've won the champions league i've won world cup i've won the bundesliga a million times why should i have someone chasing me down and, and i don't know that he's necessarily wrong with that so jan summer leaving this summer i think is natural i think it's a it's a way for Bayern munich to generate you know eight to ten million in a sale I don't think he's going to get much more than that, even though I think he's a, a top quality goalkeeper. Just given his age and given the situation, I think there's very little leverage that Byron has. I think most clubs knew Summer was going to potentially be a rental. So the market for him won't be great. And I think Byron will need to do its best to unload him and 
And I'm sure that he would like to finish his career playing and not sitting behind Manuel Neuer for a couple more seasons or at least one more. Uh, Yashua Kimmich listed as not for sale, obviously, because he would probably want to fight everyone at the club if he was listed as for sale. Interestingly, Leroy Sané, no longer untouchable. And I'm also not shocked by this. And, you know, going back to what I said about Sané and Mane, I, I think that that obviously Mane, who is up next, listed as can go with a suitable offer. Their futures are very much tied. I don't think that Bayern Munich is going to actively search out a suitor to sell Leroy Sané to. I think they want to keep Sané. I think Sané wants to remain in Germany. And I think that situation will work itself out. As for Mane, I think he will go. I think this will also open up more playing time on the wing and and it will give Leroy Sané the assurance that he is the starting left wing and that's how things will really progress from here. So I think their futures are tied. The fact that that Sané is listed as no longer untouchable, it, like I said, it's not wholly shocking. If Sané wanted to leave and there was a club willing to pay big money for him, I think Bayern Munich would listen. I absolutely think they would. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he doesn't want to leave. And I don't really think there's going to be another club that jumps in and, and decides they're going to pay, you know, 50, 60, 70 million. I mean, to think about it, it's crazy that at one point we were speculating Byron might have to pay, you know, somewhere between 70 and 100 million for Sane. I mean, would anybody even consider that these days? Probably not. And that's not a knock on Sane. It's just the way that the world has changed since Byron acquired him. Alfonso Davies listed as not for sale, not shocked by this. Every recent report indicates he wants to stay. He also wants that stability through the 2026 World Cup, which makes sense. At that point, I would not be shocked if Davies starts to push for a move, but I do think he wants a contract for the next at least three and a half seasons, which I, I think Byron will be able to work out. Listen, Davies has not been good this season. There's no way to sugarcoat it, and I know a lot of people get offended with that. He's not been good. He was not good last season. <laughs> so to me, I, I'm not saying you replace him. I think he's a starter. I think you stick with him because of his potential. But I also think you got to be a little wary of, of his career trajectory. He burst onto the scene as this fun enigma, really. I mean, he was just he the way he impacted games, like other teams couldn't account for him. What he brought to the pitch was something that, that looked like they had never seen before. His ability to get up the field as a left back and contribute to the offense while also hustling back and making defensive stops. If you want to think about the best of Davies, think about that 2020 Champions League match against FC Barcelona and how great he was there, how he just impacted both ends of the pitch. We haven't seen that player in a long time. And, and I, like, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Yeah, he's... You could really argue he's become distracted with his own celebrity. He had the YouTube channel with his ex-girlfriend. He had the public breakup, the accusations of cheating, and all that nonsense that we don't even cover here. But it does affect him. And it does show that maybe his focus hasn't totally been on being the best footballer he can be. If you want my honest opinion, I do think he's a little bit caught up in his own celebrity, that he likes being a celebrity think he likes being a footballer too, but he's going to have to make a decision soon. Does he love being a footballer? Because if he really does love it and he wants to have that lifestyle and he wants to make the money and he wants to go down as an all-time great player at that position, he's going to have to make some changes. He's going to have to refocus things. He's going to have to become more defensively aware and he's going to have to clean up how he possesses the ball and how he passes. Those are all tangible improvements he can make. Will he do that? I don't know. But I think it's it's for now a no-brainer that you give him another contract. But if you think that he's not as focused as you need him to be, you do look at the end of that potential deal and say that we might have to sell him you know, a year ahead of time if he's not where we need to be because he's obviously going to command a big salary. And if he can't be the type of player that you need him to be at left back, you can surely find someone else who wants to do those things that that Davies had, has seemingly forgotten or just doesn't do anymore. So uh, Arian Ibrahimovic, now this one was fascinating. I'm going to tie him to another young player. Ibrahimovic was listed as planned for the professionals, which I found shocking. Meanwhile, Paul Vonner was listed as a loan candidate. Now, if you went back to uh, what last year, you would have never thought 
that Paul Vonner would be the one that Bayern would consider shipping out while Ibrahimovic was a player they wanted to keep on the, on the first team. Now, listen, I, I like both guys. I think Ibrahimovic is just a killer offensively. He's got the killer instinct that you want. He wants to score all the time. He wants to create offense. He's dynamic. There are a lot of great things with him. He's also a little bit careless with the ball. He also forces things a little too much. So he's got some learning to do. I think he would have benefited or he would benefit from going out on a loan. So I wouldn't be even be opposed to that. I was just shocked that he was planned to be on the first team, just given how things have played out and how there's really no playing time for him there anyway. So that was a little shocking. As for Vonner, I'm not shocked about him being listed as a loan candidate. I do think he's probably taken a couple steps back in the eyes of the club this season. Uh, He is a player who, again, vast potential, can do so many things. In my mind, Byron has completely mishandled him. They haven't really had him settle in on a position, so he's not been able to master any position. You remember they were toying around with him. How do we involve him? How do we how do we keep Paul Vonner, you know, engaged as part of this first team? Let's make him a left back. Let's make him a left wing. Let's let's use him as an eight, as a six, as a ten. You have to settle in on a kid and you have to let him focus on something. Even if it was one or two positions over the course of this past two, two years. It would have been different, but all this toying with him, the inconsistent playing time at the first team level, I'm not saying he should be starting, not saying he should be the first sub off the bench, should have gotten more time than he has. Same for Ibrahimovic, but it's not going to happen with this type of rosters. Too many veterans, too many high maintenance players that need that playing time, even if they are starters who uh, might have been given a day off. It doesn't matter. It's very tough to break in with this group and Vonner and Ibrahimovic, they represent Really, really good talent, but can they develop to the point where they are starters for this Bayern Munich unit, or do they become good enough that Bayern Munich starts to field offers for them? At this stage, it's really unclear if they can progress that way, but I I would think that both players would probably benefit from a loan. As much as that seems weird to say, I I think they they need to go out on a loan, and I don't think the right move for Ibrahimovic is to, to leave him on the first team where it just seems like he's never going to get any playing time, whether that would be at the 10 or, or over at left wing. Matisse tell another player listed as a lone candidate, not completely shocked by this. Again, there's some indecision about where he fits best. Uh, We had seen some reports that say he might be better off his wing. We've seen him play almost exclusively at striker definitely has talent. Definitely needs to play more, but he's still very young. I believe he's just 18. Still has a lot of growing to do in terms of his game with uh, just really honing in and improving those finer points of his game. Can he do that if he's not getting consistent playing time next season? Maybe. Uh, Being in that first team training environment with Bayern Munich is is a big deal. And I think that he could be a a really good – he could really – become a really good player just by being in that environment and getting some playing time in games. But as they say, there's also no substitute for that match time. So it'll be very interesting. I'm sure tell will, will probably be given some input on what happens. Uh, I'm sure that they will lay out the plan for him. And if he thinks that he needs a loan, he might communicate that. So we'll see what happens with him. Wouldn't be shocked one way or the other, if he stays or if he goes out on loan, Leon Gretzka listed is not for sale. This was a little bit shocking considering the recent heat that Gretzka has taken just about everywhere. Thomas Tuchel has been really hard on Gretzka. Of course, Gretzka suspended this week against Werder Bremen because of accumulation of yellow cards, but it's it's a weird time for Leon Gretzka. We have a million transfer rumors out there that say Bayern Munich needs a six. They need a defensive-minded midfielder. Well, we all thought that was going to be Joshua Kimmich, but apparently Kimmich wants to push further up the field and be an eight, which is currently occupied by Gretzka, who in my mind is a true box-to-box threat. I'm of the opinion it can work with Gretzka and Kimmich as your midfield double pivot. I still think it can work. I think they have a great partnership. It hasn't always been great this season. And just a couple of weeks ago, I did rate Kimmich as the team's best player, giving him the slight nod over Matthijs De Ligt for this season. But it's not been a perfect season for Kimmich, just like it hasn't been a perfect season for Goretzka. Uh, and to me, I think that they can get it together over the summer. I think they can regroup and come back as a, a solid tandem. 
And I think that's the way Bayern Munich should go. I don't think going out and overpaying for someone who might not fit or a six that might not fit your profile just because he's a six going out and getting someone like that is the right move. We've seen Bayern Munich panic and do things like this before. It almost never works out to play in the midfield at Bayern Munich. You, you have to assuming that the, whoever they sign would be a replacement for Goretzka and sorry, Conrad Limer, I'm already kind of pushing you to the bench because I, I don't believe that Thomas Tuchel even wants you. So I think Limer is a good candidate to be one and done in Bayern Munich, even though, he potentially could provide some different looks as an eight. But either way, if you come in and you're going to partner with Kimmich, you're going to have to sacrifice parts of your game. You're going to have to be a player who's disciplined, who stays back. It took Marcel Sabitzer a year to figure that out. And when he did, he was excellent for Bayern Munich. Of course, all that did was lead to him to go out on loan with Manchester United, where he's been equally as good. But you do have to sacrifice parts of your game. It seems like at times this season Goretzka has been unwilling to do that, where he also wants to be a force in the box, wants to get involved, because that's where he's at his best. Kimmich, meanwhile, seems to be the player that has kind of abandoned some of his responsibilities and given into his own desires to be more involved in the offense. I just think if they can regroup there and work together and really balance things out a little bit that the correct Goretzka Kimmich tandem can work. And I guess I should just get Kimmich out of the way where he was also listed as not for sale, which is not a shock at all. Uh, Serge Gnabry was listed as a sale candidate, which I still kind of crazy to me that you would say that. I mean, it has, it's gotten to this point, right? I know Gnabry has really come in the crosshairs of many fans and he's been inconsistent. And believe me, I'm one of those voices that have been out there saying the guy's too inconsistent, but I'm also of the mindset that while yeah, sure. Byron could sell him. He's also pretty valuable as a second or third wing. I think that he does a good job overall. I think when you talk about wings, they're all inconsistent. It's just the, the position just breeds it. It's a lot of one V ones, a lot of ups, a lot of, a lot of downs, a lot of reliant on your own individual skill to help build success within a team. There are good days and there are bad days. And I think if you looked at Kingsley Coman, or you looked at Leroy Sané, even Sadio Mane, you would see that the ups and downs are always going to be there. Uh, and I know that's weird to hear because I, I have been definitely beating the drum of Gnabry being maybe too inconsistent. But I think in the end, there are going to be a couple of factors that come into play with Gnabry. Does he want to leave? No. By all accounts, he wants to stay. And he's got the backing of a pretty important person in Joshua Kimmich. And if Kimmich says he wants Gnabry, I'm not sure that the club's going to cross Kimmich because there's been no evidence over the years that they ever step in the way of what he wants to do, including maybe moving to the eight. So I don't think that Bayern Munich is going to want to piss Yashua Kimmich off at all. And if he wants Gnabry, I think Gnabry will stay. Now, on the flip side, if Gnabry wants to leave, I don't think Bayern Munich will have any problem selling him because I think there are a lot of clubs out there that value Gnabry. They value what he brings to the table, his scoring ability. And I think that from his end, he's going to be able to spin a lot of things about this season. He's going to be able to spin like, hey, I was used as a striker. Hey, we played many systems where we didn't even have a wing. There were wingbacks and a couple of strikers or a couple of attacking mids. I wasn't used in a good role. I didn't have that many opportunities, yada, yada, yada. So I think there's a good story to tell from his end if he wanted to pursue uh, an exit from Bayern Munich. I just don't think he does. Nusar rally, another shocking one, could go again, he was listed as. I don't know that Bayern Munich's looking to sell him. I, I could tell you that Mizrawi spoke out recently and, and really detailed his unhappiness with his own playing time situation. If he wants to leave, Bayern Munich might be okay with selling him if they ultimately decide to bring back Jao Cancelo. Now, if they bring back Cancelo, I would say it's almost definite that Mizrawi is going to leave. And I know it sounds weird, but... Uh, I don't think Mizrahi wants any part of Cancelo, the whole situation, and sitting behind Cancelo or Davies. I think Mizrahi wants to be on the field, which is a, a running theme for some of these players that we've seen come in from the Netherlands. They want to play. They're used to playing, and they don't like the role being on the bench. Diopa Meccano, not for sale. Obviously, we talked about him a little bit. Not shocked by this. A lot of potential, a lot of talent. Has not been great second half of the season, so... 
uh, something to monitor, but he's definitely not going to get sold unless, again, he pushes for a move if he senses he's not going to be a starter, which, again, we did see some stories when the club signed Matisse Delict last season that Upamakano was perhaps looking for an exit. It wouldn't shock me if we start to see some of those rumors. I just don't think Bayern Munich or Upamakano are quite ready to pull that trigger yet, especially when they don't know how Thomas Tuchel is going to set his team up and what formation he's going to use for next season. Josip Stanisic was listed as a lone candidate, not shocked. Stanisic does a lot of things well. Uh, he's had some great performances this season, especially under Julian Nagelsmann. Has not looked quite as great under Thomas Tuchel. Uh, I think a loan would be good for him, but he strikes me as the kind of player that once he goes out on loan, will probably impress, and the club that he goes on loan with will probably want to buy him. So if he does go out on loan, I wouldn't expect to see him back. Jamal Musiala, not for sale. Kingsley Coman, not for sale. Matthijs Delict not for sale. None of those are surprising. Musiala, while he has been pretty bad, the second half of the season is still the club's top talent, probably, at least in my eyes. Kingsley Coman has been great this season. I don't see any way why they would look to sell him unless he was, you know, suddenly had the urge to leave Germany, which doesn't appear that he does. Tyson Licht has been the team's best center back. He looks like a bona fide captain and leader probably more deserving of the armband than some of the other players that are probably in front of him there. But uh, I think the Licht has really proven himself. I think he came in out of shape, which not shocking considering he came from Juventus where apparently fitness is not that big of a concern. So the I think has proven that he is top shelf. I think he's a great player. And I think he is the number one center back heading in the next season, especially because you should have at least some, uh, I don't want to say doubt, but there should be some, uh, just concern about the state of Luca Hernandez and what he's going to be like when he comes back. Ryan Gravenberg was listed as still open, not shocking. Gravenberg apparently wants to leave. Bayern Munich apparently wants him to stay. They think he can be a big player for them in the future. These players that come from the Netherlands, like I said, do not want to sit. Gravenberg has went to the media several times. He, he has really been displeased this whole season with his situation. Given that Liverpool looks like they're going to whiff on Jude Bellingham and it looks like Bellingham's going to go to Real Madrid, would not shock me if Liverpool really puts on a full court press, offers Bayern Munich up to 40 million euro. If they do that, not sure Bayern's going to be able to turn that down given the fact that they need a striker this summer and the fact that Conrad Leimer is coming in, Marcel Sabitzer's coming back on loan, and you could easily have a four-man midfield of Sabitzer, Leimer, Kimmich and Gretzka, that would be pretty damn good. Of course, I think we all know Sabitzer is likely going to leave, but uh, you know you can't close the book just yet on him. We don't know what's going to happen. But Gravenberg, I think despite the fact that Bayern is going to tell him he's got a big future and despite the fact that you know he could probably look for himself a couple of years down the road and see a starting role, I don't think he wants to wait a couple of years. I think he wants to play now. And if that's the case, he might have to leave. So that, that about wraps up that segment where we talk about what this roster could look like. I found that very, very interesting. Uh, I'd love to hear your takes on that. I know I read a lot of the comments on the post we did about this. And in my mind, a lot of you had really good points, uh, even though they didn't always agree with each other. There were a lot of good opinions on what should happen with this roster. Drop me some more on this post and let me know what you think. Uh, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back to discuss a couple of more things including uh, how this Lionel Messi drama with PSG could lead to Bayern Munich, maybe bringing back Robert Lewandowski, and then a quick take on the latest striker rumors that we've heard about. Hey, everybody. Welcome back from that break. appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, touch on these last couple of subjects really quickly. I, I did want to take a look at the striker candidates, uh, the latest, what we've heard on each of them. So let's just do this quickly. Uh, Victor Osiman, what we've, what we've heard this week is that he's just too expensive for Bayern Munich. They're not going to go up to 150 million like Napoli reportedly wants. That makes sense. That's a lot of money. If you were going to spend 150 million, you easily just could have went after Erling Haaland last year, got him for 60 million and invested the other 90 in his salary, not for one season, but spread out stupid, stupid move. If you go out and spend the money on Osiman when you could have done the same for Holland last year, I, I wouldn't, that would be baffling to me. If they did that, I would get it for Holland and listen, it's not a knock on Osman. Uh, she's a good player. 
it, it, it's really tough for me to 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 think he's worth 150 million though. So that's just my opinion on. I know a lot of you disagree with that, but that's where I'm at right now. Randall Colomwani, the Eintracht Frankfurt star. There's some doubt at Bayern Munich as to how he fits, whether he could be the kind of striker that Bayern needs. I think that's pretty fair. I think I have some doubt about it as well. Uh, I, I don't know that he's exactly the profile that they need, but he has been productive, although his numbers aren't as striking as you would want from someone to come in and kind of take the mantle from Robert Lewandowski. Uh, so I'm a little wary of Kolo Moani. I also think he's his the, the bidding on him could get pretty intense because I think there are some other clubs like Manchester United, potentially PSG, that are going to want to make big splashes this summer. Of course, PSG potentially losing Met. Well, they're not going to potentially lose Messi. He, he's out. But uh, Neymar potentially leaving as well. You're gonna they're gonna need to replace some star players, and, and Mbappe is gonna have a big say in that. Apparently, he wants Randall Kolo Moani to join him. If that's the case, wouldn't shock me if Kolomwani does end up at PSG and Eintracht Frankfurt gets that nine-figure fee that they are looking for. A couple of other names uh, that did come up this week. Uh, Harry Kane, it seems like that book is closed. Uh, Bayern Munich reportedly had discussions with Harry Kane's father, Pat, and the messaging that was put out there by Build was that uh, Kane is pretty reluctant to leave England. He wants to go after that premier league goal scoring record, even at the expense of not winning any trophies. And I, I honestly think that that's okay. Um, there's no guarantee if he makes the move to Bayern Munich, he's going to win anything. And if you have a chance to, to make history, I mean, I can see why that's appealing to him. And, and yes, at, at Tottenham, he's, he's not going to win anything. <laughs> I mean, like I, I you know, listen, I, I hate to sound like that, but Sorry, Logan, who is one of our great writers at BFW and is a bit of a Spurs fan, but Harry Kane's not going to win anything there. But he has a really good chance to set that Premier League career goal scoring record. So, hey, good for him. I hope he gets it. I honestly do. I hope he goes out, he gets the record, he has a successful career. From the beginning, I never really thought it was a good fit at Bayern Munich because I, I just felt really, I felt this same way the whole time. I never believed he wanted to leave England and for once, maybe, I think I was right on that. Finally, last name we heard about this week was Dusan Vlahovic. Apparently, his agent is offering him to Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. Vlahovic is the most interesting name here for a couple of reasons. One, the most affordable. He is absolutely going to be the cheapest player. And while it's rumored that Juventus wants 70 for him, I don't think they're going to get 70 for him might be more in that 50 range. I think Juventus needs to sell some players. Vlahovic has not really clicked with the coach there at Juventus. Uh, there's been a lot of friction there. Uh, I, I think Juventus would be well-served to get rid of Vlahovic and move on from him. Uh, it's just not a fit. It's in the same way that Sadio Mane was not a fit at Bayern Munich, Dusan Vlahovic has not been a fit at Juventus. Uh, is that a red flag? Maybe. I think there's some concern there. But I also think you can look at Matthijs De Ligt and see that when he got to Bayern Munich and he got in shape, he instantly regained that potential and top form that a lot of people thought that he had. I think the same impact could happen for Vlahovic. I, I get the concern. I just think at this stage, if you're going to make an investment, he is the smart investment if you can get him at $50 million or less. I think that's the way to go. If it doesn't work, yes, it's a, it's a big hit on your books but it's not as big a hit as $100 million for Kolo Moani or $150 million for Osman, which again, there are no guarantees with any of these players. So Blahovic, I think, has good touch around the net. I think he could get a little bit stronger physically. I think he is the perfect type of player for Bayern to go out and get involved into what they want. And I think that's the key thing. Osman kind of is what he is. He's an extremely good player. His profile is very similar to Robert Lewandowski. Probably a little bit faster, but probably not as strong as Lewandowski. Either way, it would be a good fit, but the cost is astronomical. Kola Moani, I'm just not so convinced that he's he's the answer, especially at nine figures. If you tell me you can get Vlahovic for 50, I'm willing to take a chance on that. So that's that's where I fall on the, the striker debate. I'm sure there'll be more names in the mix. Nicholas Fulkrug is apparently also not being considered, so... Even though Lothar Matthaus, who is uh, has had a lot to say this week, has kind of pushed for Fulkrug to get a chance at Bayern Munich, doesn't look like the club's going to consider him. So that's where that situation stands.
And finally, the last thing I do want to hit on this week is the whole mess with Lionel Messi and PSG has been crazy to watch. Of course, if you followed that at all, Messi uh, left PSG without permission to go take a meeting uh, in Saudi Arabia, I believe, which listen, he's messy. He's a legend. He makes his own schedule. I'm sure he could have cared, could not have cared less what PSG thought about him taking that meeting, of course, to discuss a potential contract with Al Hillel, I believe. Um, So, that did not sit well with PSG. Things escalated. Uh, they suspended him, and then Messi's dad let them know that, great, you suspended him. He won't be back next season anyway. Of course, in the midst of all this, fans are, are went to the PSG offices to rally against Messi. Fans actually went to Neymar's house to rally against him because he's apparently out as well. It's a mess at PSG right now. So, so Messi leaving and, and getting the hell out of there is not shocking. But where Messi goes from here is interesting. And here's how it connects to Bayern Munich. So we mentioned the connection to Al Halal, who is really willing, if this is true, it's insane, willing to pay him upwards of $500 million, uh, in salary to go there, which is, I, I literally cannot believe that figure. And I don't know the specifics. I'm assuming that's not for one year. I would think that's for at least a two or three year, year deal. Either way, that's ridiculous. Uh, that's a ridiculous amount of money. And I can't imagine being in a position where someone's offering me that, but it's not the ideal situation for me or my family. It would be a Sophie's choice of, <laughs> of a decision there. Like, what do you do? If you go there and you accept that money, yeah, the quality of football will suck. Your life probably won't be like, Great. You won't be surrounded by friends and family. You'll be kind of isolated like Sadio Mane. Uh, But you will absolutely have generations of Messi's. And and listen, I already know he's got generations of Messi's taken care of. But you're talking about generations upon generations of Messi's taken care of with that kind of salary. Does he need that much money? No, he doesn't. So he does have some flexibility. Does he go to enter Miami, take a cut of the team? Uh, or a cut of the league even, uh, play there for a couple years, become a just draw in every single stadium. Uh, Maybe that could be appealing to him. I don't know. When I look at Messi, I don't see a lot of motivation these days. I don't know if he's got it in him to be the big ticket item every match. And I don't think he's really got the desire to play every match anymore. So when you factor all of that in, I think it leads back to FC Barcelona. He's going to go back where he got his professional start anyway. And with that, I think Barca is going to have to clear some room. You could see names like Frankie de Jong gone. You could see Sergio Busquets, Busquets uh, you know, either retire or move on or whatever. But either way, his salary could be off the books. You could see Ansu Fati. Uh, let go. When I say let go, I mean sold. You could see a number of players on that roster sold. It could happen. And one of those players is Robert Lewandowski. So going all the way back to Bayern Munich striker situation, how crazy would it be if Messi makes the decision to go back to FC Barcelona and the club, which will undoubtedly need to clear space because they also have to figure out a way to get Gavi back and 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 or it's Javi Gavi. I, I I'm awful with my Spanish Spanish pronunciations among other pronunciations, but either way, he is uh, really in the midst of a registration problem, and he will need to be put back on the books as well. So they're going to need to bleed some of these salaries that they have, and one that you could get rid of that would instantly clear a lot of space is Robert Lewandowski. And guess what? Bayern Munich needs a striker. Would Bayern Munich buck up 25 to 30 million to 40 million maybe to bring back Lewandowski for the swan song of his career? They might. Listen, desperate times call for desperate measures. Lewandowski, it's not been a great season for him at Barca. He's not gotten out of this deal what he wanted. He was picturing Ballon d'Or's, Champions League titles. He's going to get none of it. And if Messi comes back, he's not even going to be in the spotlight anymore. With the way that the young players are emerging at that club and with Messi coming back, 
Lewandowski will be an afterthought. It would not shock me if he becomes available. And it really wouldn't shock me if Bayern Munich gets into the bidding on that quickly and works to bring him back. I don't know if Lewandowski wants that. I don't know if Bayern Munich is, is open to it, but I think it makes a lot of sense for everybody involved. One more run with Lewandowski working for a coach and Thomas Tuchel, who he likes and has a good relationship with. I think it might work. That's all I got for this week. Uh, as far as the entertainment goes, I have not gotten into anything streaming or I've not been binge watching anything. I did catch a little bit of the HBO series, The White House Plumbers, and I it's a mini series. I think I will probably get into that. Uh, I do like Woody Harrelson. Justin Theroux is in it as well. Some good actors in it, uh, good subject matter. I will say my quick take on that is that the characters in it became caricatures already. You know, that sounds weird, but Woody Harrelson and Justin Thoreau really went a little bit overboard, I think, maybe over the top with how they're uh, playing the roles that they were given. Uh, it, it, it's almost, it sounds weird, but it's almost like Arrested Development or, or uh, The Office when you watch this, where the characters are almost not believable. And I know these are historic uh, characters who have uh, really been detailed in depth in print mostly, but uh, it was a little over the top for me, but I'll probably still check it out. I'll, I'll catch the full first episode. Uh, I only probably caught about three quarters of it. So I'll go back and I'll probably stick with the mini series, but I do need to get into something else. I have a couple of things in my queue that a lot of people, either listeners or readers to BFW have given me tips on. I know our own Russ gave me one to watch, which I still haven't gotten to. So I, I've got to get to that. Uh, there are quite a few that I need to to check out some comedy, some dramas, some mysteries. So I'll have to find some time and start to dig into some of those, but uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, so I appreciate you listening. You can always get me on Twitter at the barrel blog. You can get the site at Bavarian FB works. You can get our tweet Meister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams 71. You can get, I need no name at BFW uh, please check out the preview show where I detailed what's going on with Bayern Munich ahead of their clash with Werder Bremen. Otherwise, enjoy that match. Enjoy your weekend. Keep checking out BFW all and all of our wonderful and talented podcasters and writers. We appreciate all the support you give. I want you to have some fun this weekend. Drink a couple of beers on me, and we will see you next time.